Connecting Indigenous musicians and artists to the world. Welcome to Indigenous Superstars with your host, Rhonda Head. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show this evening. I ha- I'm really happy to say this is show 79 for me, and I'm really excited to, to be here with you this evening. As usual, I have some awesome guests this evening. Uh, oh, hey, Kim from Kansas. Nice to see you. I'm glad you, you uh, waited patiently for the show to come on. Thanks for tuning in. It's always great to see you tune in on the show and, and say hi and sending your love from Kansas and we're sending your love from Man- we're sending our love from Manitoba to you. So I just want to say um, a couple of announcements. The talent show for live music talent fundraising show is going on May 20th and May 27th. So there's still, uh, it's um, being held by Clear Sky Connections and the youth ICT. So they're still um, wanting the youth from 13 to 30 to send in their, their submissions to compete for, for a talent show. And, and three contestants with the highest points move on to the, the finale, which is on June 2nd. And that's going to be at the at the virtual tech conference that the uh, Clear Sky Connections is hosting. So, and the first four contestants uh, to register will be sponsored by the CEO of Clear Sky Connections, Lisa Clark. So, if you're interested in in participating in the the live music talent show fundraiser, contact Maggie Moose at Clear Sky Connections. Uh, and the information is there on the poster. So hope to, hopefully, uh, you know, spread the word and get the youth to come out and sing. And, and the last show we had, we had some really incredible, uh, talented youth. And, and, uh, and um, yeah, so, so the finale will be on June 2nd, and you'll have a chance to win $1,000. So get your registrations in and get your songs ready for the for the upcoming talent shows, which is which is on May twentieth and May twenty seventh. The other thing I want to mention is is uh, recently uh, on May fifth, um, there's uh, several people from the community and 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 the First Nations Police Department went out and changed the ribbons on the on the bridge, and I'm going to bring in my sister. Um, to talk about about this event, we uh, we we did this a couple of years ago, right? And uh, mm-hmm. in a December what one December thirteenth, two thousand fifteen, right? And and there was four of us that that were involved in in making this event happen. It it, it, it there was four of us who contributed equally to this beautiful event. Uh, the Red Ribbon Awareness Campaign, and and what happened was it was so incredible when when uh, I, I shot of it a live video and it and it went viral. It went it went viral all across Canada and, and United mm-hmm. States, and and people were 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 jumping up, up on board from everywhere. And and and, and there was such a it it it, it was. It wasn't something that that we wanted to do for fame or or anything. We just did it. Because, because uh, 
I, I don't even know how to say it. how how to how bring awareness and uh, about the murdered and missing. It because uh, it was so it was so quiet and and it was just like it it happened for a reason that that night, December thirteenth, two thousand twelve, when Pauline put out a call out for for community members to come and participate to tie our uh, ribbons. Her her brother was missing, so we went. We went to wherever she's at. We seen the ribbons there, and we started we started tearing them up and um, putting them in piles. And uh, the original plan for uh, Pauline was to put them out in the uh, town of the Paw on the um, the light posts. And then when we finished tying all these ribbons, like everything happened for a reason. Like it, the original plan didn't happen. Um, she said, well, where should we start? Where should we start tying these ribbons? And I said, uh, we should start, we should tie them at the, um, at the bridge, Cornelius Bignell Bridge. I said, because, um, it, every time people would drive by, they would, they would see those ribbons and they would remember the, the murdered and missing and, and hopefully say a prayer. And it wasn't by accident that we did it over the, over water because we are, as women, um, protectors and carriers of water so there was a reason why we we tied those ribbons over um over water and um, we've met many many elders along our uh, path with, with this uh, red ribbon campaign and they told us that we were used as a vessel to uh, bring awareness on uh, murdered and missing and like my sister said we didn't do it for fame or pat in the back or anything like I have a daughter I have my sisters nieces grand granddaughters um, I would do it I and I do I give my time whenever whenever um, there's a call out for uh, tying of red ribbons and we get invited all over all over Manitoba and Canada as well to um, bring um, awareness on for murdered and missing using uh, the red ribbons. So um, it's it's been a spiritual journey for for myself. It's been a spiritual journey for myself and um, also for the other members because, um, like I said, we were used as a as a vessel to uh, bring awareness on murdered and missing. And we have this um, Facebook site, Red Ribbon Awareness MMIW. And um, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't post, post anything. Um, for um, every day, I'm posting um, a missing, a missing loved one, a missing woman, a missing man as well. So I put uh, men in there as well because there's just as many um, missing men out in Canada, and I don't know about uh, I can't say anything about U.S., but there's a lot of just as many missing men in Canada as well. So um, that red ribbon awareness, it's every day I'm posting. I'm posting there every day of, of our missing, of our missing um, loved ones, and I and I post there every day because it's our database. It's our database for us to um, people can see how many how many of our women go missing every day. In fact, I'm going to a vigil tomorrow. Um, a young woman was murdered in uh, Winnipeg, um, just a couple blocks from where my foster son lives. So it's like every day there's there's missing or every week there's some one of our loved ones are uh, murdered. So I'll be there supporting.
And um, when we do these, when we go to uh, murdered and missing um, red ribbon uh, tying, we don't ask for we don't ask for any money. We just do it out of because, like I said, we have I have sisters, I have a daughter, I have granddaughters. So I, of course, I would do that for 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 anyone for 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 any woman. You know, it's about awareness and. It's been silent for so long. Like um, Helen Betty Osborne in 1972 was, I'm not sure if that's the exact year, 72, 73. But yeah, when she was murdered and nothing happened. There was no, there was no awareness. There was no, nothing said about her, about her. And she was probably not the only one missing at that time. So it, it, it goes way back. It goes way back. And I'm just so happy to be part of this this um, awareness, bringing um, education and awareness about um, murdered and missing. So it's a passion for me. And like I said, we know we don't get paid for this. It's, it's a passion. Uh, we need to bring our sisters home and we need to bring that awareness out there for our young women. We need to educate our young girls to be safe. Um, that was instilled in us when we were young girls because it was happening in our own community, um, living across town of the Paw, how racist it was that we had to run in the bush whenever there was a car that, that it, whenever we seen a car, we'd have to run in the bush. That's what we were we were taught at eight, nine years old, because there was predators out there preying on preying on us back then. So, and this is this was in the early early 70s and now it's 2021 and we have to still do that and educate our young girls to be safe and cabs another issue there you know take pictures of cabs take uh let your family members know if you're taking a cab take the cab number i know there's so many things about um um keeping our uh, young women safe i have a whole list i don't have it in front of me <laughs> Yeah, so so when we when we started the Red Ribbon, it, it just um, started a movement right across Canada and into the United States. And I took a uh, took some ribbons to a, to Australia, and I presented some to the Indigenous women from Australia and New Zealand to continue to share awareness uh, of of the missing and murdered women because I, I I know there's some in their own in their own territories as well. So the women that, that started the, the campaign, the Red Ribbon campaign, which was uh, my sister Janet Head and uh, Jennifer Flett, Pauline Valentine, and myself. So we continue, Janet and myself and, and myself continue to advocate for missing and murdered women. And we go into different communities and I get asked to perform. And when I do perform, when I get asked to perform, I, I don't, ask for any money I do it for for the uh for the women and the families and and it's uh oh this is nice 2000 Kim from Kim oh yeah from, yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah everyone at the NAMI's wore a red ribbon <laughs> thank you yeah 
So, so uh, thank you for for coming on this evening, Janet, and and uh, help helping me explain while well, you talk more about it. But thank you for for talking about the red ribbon campaign, and uh, I appreciate it. I'm sure the people tuning in appreciate all the work that that uh, you have done and are still continuing to do. Stay safe. Bye. Like I said. So my next guest I have have is is it's, have a real special special um, interview tonight. It, it, he's he's my brother from down under, the awesome Alec Dumaji. Hey, how's it going, Alec? Hello, my sister. Can you hear me? Oh, you're you're kind of um, sounding. Uh, I don't think the connection is good. I think the aliens got it. <laughs> I'm hearing like crackly noise. Okay, we're gonna give him some uh, a few minutes to to um, reboot or re-sign in. And Aaron Brown says thank thank you and continued strength to do this volunteer work. Much respect and blessings, Rhonda and Janet. Love. Uh, Kim says. Silent no more. And Aaron Brown says, "Good evening." And Facebook user says, "Oh, here we got Alex back." It's still sounding. Uh, it's still sounding correctly. Let me try your. Well, I'm, I'm your connection is not good. I'll try to refresh it and see if it comes up better. Okay, I think that sounds good. No, no, it's still sounding. Uh, the connection is still not good. Okay, so we're gonna he's gonna try and uh, reboot again. Uh, Facebook user says Miigwech, Janet and Rhonda. So while we're waiting for Alec to come on, I'm just gonna play uh, um, the video. Oh wait, here we come. Here it comes again. Oh no! <laughs> I accidentally kicked him out. So we gotta wait for him to come on. Oh my goodness, sorry about that. Here he is, okay. Okay. How's that? Is that better? It sounds better, yeah. No, it's still sounding, uh, there's some, like a bad connection. Can you try your other phone that you were using before? Technology, my sister. We 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 we're still behind in technology. This one. See what happens here. Okay. Let's see which one works better. Okay, hold. So I'm going to play this video. Well, well, uh, are you going to play your other phone? Yeah. Okay, I'll play this video while uh, the video of the upcoming award show that, that Indigenous Superstars is hosting. It's an evening of celebration as the inaugural Indigenous Superstars Music Awards 2021 features 26 categories and the chance to take home top honor of the year. 
This award ceremony will increase awareness of a songwriter's craft and gain recognition online and through promotion. The show will be streamed live on Indigenous Superstars and Frog Radio with an announcement coming soon on the date of our awards celebration. To register your songs or single, they must have been released and distributed on Spotify between January 1st, 2019 and July 31st, 2021 at midnight. Entries for submissions are already underway. For all the details and to see the list of 26 categories plus hear artist song entries, please visit our website at indigenoussuperstars.com. So that's my one of my exciting news. Okay, we'll try really, uh, Alec okay. again. Hello, Here we go. That's Sounds better. better. Yay. <laughs> We're going to awesome. So how are you? How are you doing? My sister, I couldn't be better. I'm feeling really, really good. I um I had a really hard 2020. Obviously, we all did with COVID and, and the rest of it, but you know, um, took took a lot of hits personally. We we had some, you know, loss in our family with uh, sorry business. You know, lost a uh, a beautiful sister last year of mine, um, and also uh, a, a gorgeous uh, daughter that danced at our last festival that we had when we had you up on country. Um, so you know, she was only seventeen oh, years old, and, and, I, and I lost her to a a. Um, uh, a disease called rheumatic heart fever, which is a degenerate disease around the valves in your heart. And, you know, it was my, you know, my wife and I and our family had a, had a really emotional sort of, uh, I guess, last 12 months. So it's been hard. So, you know, we're, but, but, but we're here and, you know, these are some things I'm going to talk to you about. So good to see your face, my sister. And I just want to say that I bought a really, really big sage so I can ward away all them bad spirits for 2021. We need that. <laughs> I, I would have to I get think, a big I, one too, a big sage. I, I, think, I think it needs to be bigger. I think so. <laughs> I think everyone tuning in needs to uh, follow Alec and get your big sage on. <laughs> so well, sorry well, about your family, Alec. So sorry. Sending condolences to you. And Janet, uh, my sister that was just on said condolences to you. Thank you, my sister. I really appreciate that. You know, we, we, we're so honored to be connected with you and the Cree Nation over there, you know, in Turtle Island and with your mob there at Manitoba. We were so honored. You know, when I first met you uh, back in February 2019 uh, at uh, Montreal, you know, amongst all that craziness in the hallways there of that, of that, um, of the, I think it was the International Folk Festival, which tied oh, yeah. within this, and it was, you know, all that praising that was going on and, and, you know, two people that really stood out to me was meeting you in the hallway, the lobby that day, and also uh, a brother called Gary Bailey, which I'm wearing, I'm representing with his shirt today. Oh, nice. From the Blue Feathers Festival, which, you know. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember him. He was so awesome. Too, Gary, yes. Gary <laughs> he's such a lovely man. So bo both you and him, you know, I still stay in contact with. I still speak quite often to Gary. And, you know, I, I, I brought the Red Feather. To kind of support me today, there we go. Awesome. So, so, so the black cockatoo tail. You've got that's the male and that's the female. So I, 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 I wanted to wear them on today in honor of um, you know uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women and and obviously with with the um, uh, red ribbons that you've been flying around the world and that 
we were honored to fly at our festival in 2019, um, which, you know, it was just beautiful, beautiful to have you over and represent that as well. That's so awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, I remember uh, we went through, the, we were in this big room and everyone had a chance to talk. And, and uh, I was like scanning the crowd and, and, uh, and, and, and then uh, everyone had their, uh, introduced themselves and, and, and they explained why they were there. And, and I, I remember hearing your, your uh, speech and, and where you, and, and you introduced yourself from Australia and you're an indigenous from Australia, your festival. And then I'm like, Oh, I got to meet this guy. I'm going to go, I'm going to go and perform at his festival. I'm going to go and meet him. <laughs> And, and look so like you this stood out at, at that uh, for me as well. So I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this happen. <laughs> and it was such such an honor to have you. I mean, you know, I remember that day, and it was, you know, when we get together as native people and we speak about our issues, our matters. Sometimes we get too gentle and too soft, and we and we 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 compromise what we really want to say or what we really want to do. And that day, I felt like. You know, sitting there, and we were getting, you know, we weren't being honest and upfront about some of the stuff that I, I believe we're, we're, we're you know, um, addressing in our community. You know, like lateral violence is something really bad. And I remember someone saying to me, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm more worried about actual violence than lateral violence. But the thing is, lateral violence leads to actual violence because when our mob gets, you know, I guess um, treated in such a bad way, they're either violent against each other or they turn to the other alternative, which is violence against themselves, which is, you know, abuse, which is, you know, substance and abuse, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and eventually suicide. So we lose a lot of our people to, you know, self-harm. And, and you know, I, I'm someone that likes to be honest up front with all the things we're dealing with. So with our festival, I went, you know what, I want to sh talk about um, a, a native festival that is, you know, Indigenous run, Indigenous own, you know, uh, Aboriginal sort of protocols around it, and making our people the stars, you know, not the side salad, not the not the opening act. We're you know we're the we're the main show. So you know we, and and I and I think that day was a really um, good opportunity for me to to state that in a circle of of really um, I guess supportive and loving brothers and sisters from around the world, and and I, and I'm honoured that we got to connect and and I got you to come down and and you became the first person. Uh, in over 60,000 years to perform on the sacred salt flats of the Gangalita tribe in a different language, in a different tongue. And, and to me, that was, that was a powerful thing. And, and I wanted to make sure that, you know, when we programmed that festival in 2019, that you were the first one to perform on that Thursday night after the big song and dance opening. And I got to say, it's, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. It just was a really profound moment for me. That was so, that was such an incredible uh, an, an incredible moment for me too, just to do that, and and, and uh, the land that, that I was singing on, it was very spiritual. And and uh, thank you for allowing me to do that and, and giving me the permission to to perform there, and especially in in my indigenous language, it was such a proud 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 moment for for me as well. And it was it was um, very spiritual and very um, how do you say it? It, it was one of the um, one of the one of the best moments of my life at that time. It was such an incredible experience. Hmm. I, I I'll tell you right now. It, it it was moving. It was um, it was life changing, and and it was. I'm so honored that we had you in our own backyard doing it because right there on those salt flats, 
you know, we do a sacred ceremony uh, around the Mabunta, which is the sacred clouds that come around around that time. And, and they come and they, they cleanse us and they give us spiritual healing for the next 12 months. It's kind of like going into a sweat lodge or an inipi, you know, inipi and, and doing doing sweat or or going up on the hill and you know um, doing your vision quest um, out there, you know, with with Marundu and with the Ganglita mob. We normally go and sit under those clouds and get our spiritual healing. The Mabunte is this white fellows call them the morning glory clouds, and they come and they're like tornadoes on a, a, a horizontal tornadoes each morning. They roll over the top of you, and when they go, they give you a cold shiver and a cold chill through your body, and it it, it cleanses your soul. But it also picks up the spirit of our dead and take our old people or our young people, for that matter, up to the great spirit world, into the you know to the dreaming that we we call him up home. So, to us, it's an important uh, landmark and an important site. And the first time we held held that festival there was in 2019 when I had you on board, and I wanted to make it known that this was a healing space, a place of great ceremony and a place of great medicine for our mob. And music is medicine. Language is medicine. Company storytelling is medicine, and it was a sacred healing space for both of us with that dance circle and with the with the staging. And I was so you know I was so um, proud to have you open on that Thursday night after the dance happened and to hear your you know your your your, your sopranic voice echoing across the the salt flats, waking up all those old spirits. And um, you know the fact that we also you know supported uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women. Um, not just over over in Canada and America, but in Australia as well, we have the same issues and the same matters. It's a mirror image of what's going on over there. So we we hung the red ribbons up, and they're still they're still up there hanging right now in honor of our women, you know. And that night, it 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 changed me a lot, and it it, it refocused me in why I was doing what I was doing, because you know a lot of festivals around the world and just around the country as well, you know, I guess um, they're all about you know I guess the almighty dollar and and, and having bums on seats and how much people get to the festival where what we were trying to do is something more profound, more deep, more uh, spiritually meaningful. And, and if you take the essence away with you um, and, and, and got something from it, which I know you and I have been speaking about this for the last you know, two years since it's happened, you know, it, it's had a profound effect on you, which in, in turn, you know, uh, made me feel, well, you know, my duty and my, my, I guess, um, uh, my path over here and us connecting meeting has been fulfilled. Yeah, it was it was such a beautiful spiritual experience, and and uh, I had so many so every day I think I had an aha moment, and and and, and something spiritual happened every day. Like we we cut uh, a part of a morning glory coming in, and and then the dancing from from your own community. Can you share share with? audience what you shared with us about about the young um the dance troops yes. that were going on where they where they started dancing again so so you know it was a um the, the dumaji dance group uh which was the, the the group that turned up to dance the, the young follower that led him is my nephew young randall brookdale his name is and his grandfather was one of our main leading songmen or powwow singers i guess you can say so every you know corroboree that happened or power he was the main singer and I remember taking him to a big festival down here in Brisbane back in 2009, um, you know, a festival called The Dreaming, which Rhoda Roberts used to host. And, and he was there. And Randall's older brother, so Randall was only about, it would have been 10 back then. Randall's older brother, Brandon, was the lead dancer and was going to be being trained up in regards to becoming the new songman and, the, you know, taking over his, 
his grandfather's, I guess, uh, duty of singing at festivals and at dance performances, at powwows. Um, unfortunately, uh, we lost Brandon to suicide and it, and it left a big hole in, I guess, our, the, the young dancers coming through and the leadership was lost. And then a couple of years later, his old grandfather, Richard, then died. Um, and I think it was because of a broken heart because he lost Brandon. And Randall was left hanging for a while and left on his own. So Randall and my son, Zach, became really close for a lot of reasons. But they then went through their tribal men's initiation ceremony together, which I turned into a, a feature documentary film called Zach's Ceremony, um, which we, believe it or not, debuted over in Canada at the Hot Docs Film Festival back in 2016, Zach and I came across. So, you know, I've been really connecting with, you know, my brothers and sisters over there for a while now. And so Randall went through this process and then all of a sudden, you know, I create the festival and we bring the festival back into our homelands, onto our tribal lands. And the main reason for was to inspire the young ones like Brandon, like Randall, I should say, to, you know, look at how important culture and dance and language and song and our, and our spiritual, I, I guess, um, practices is in order for us to have a foundation. And unbeknownst to me, he went off and started practicing his dances, practicing his language, and, and, and teaching the school kids. And now Randall's only a young fellow. Randall's only probably about 24, 25. He's, you know, he's, so this was back in 2016, 2017. So in 2017, when we had the festival, the Dumaji mob, Randall, they were basically in shambles. They didn't know what, where they were going, what they were doing. And, 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 and didn't really have a routine set for the, for the festival. 2018, they were slowly sort of building themselves up. In 19, when they turned up, and he rang me and said, Uncle, I'm coming. And they got to remember, when, you get a, when, you, when you're working with young ones and you're trying to motivate them, you normally get to babysit them through the whole thing, and you got to tell them this. And that. In 2019, that didn't happen. Randall had his group set. He had his routine broken down. They were speaking language again back at the school. They were, they were talking their tongue. And when they came out and performed for the first, I personally was blown away because I knew where they came from. And, I, I, and, I, and I've seen young Randall go through the hardships of losing his older brother, of losing his grandfather, of watching the songs and the dances all break down, not speaking his tongue anymore. So watching that happen in 2019, I just went, I don't care if I never make money from this festival. I don't care if no one ever turns up again. But what I do care about is that's the real change that I was looking for. And now Randall teaches those dancers and speaks his tongue at the Dumaji school. And he's got these kids that look up to him as the new song man and as the new generation of our people. So, you know, if that's all I ever get out of it, I'm a happy man, sister. That's so awesome. That's so wonderful to hear that. <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing that story. That's so awesome. And and uh, every day uh, while, while I was in Australia, you encouraged us to get up at five in the morning to go mm -hmm. and watch the sunset. Oh, yes, yes. I just I just figured watching watching the, 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 the new day break and the new dawn and the new life we had, especially out there, was important. I mean, being being able to uh, you know be out there in a circle and feel each other's spirits and feel each other's, you know, uh, uh, I guess um, – uh, connection out there on country and watching that sun rise from, I think that's the east. So coming up from the east, you know, the new day and then, and then going down in the west um, was such a powerful thing to be a part of. 
and and having everyone out there and 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 talking to everyone and just feeling i guess the the, the kinship and the connection and the spiritual sort of connection we were having it, it certainly changed a lot of the people that were present you know i still talk to you know brother wopula and 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 young kenneth and you know sarah sarah came sarah ortegon came to our first festival in 2017 and then she missed 18 because she had commitments doing other things and we got her back again um and brother gene braverock you know gene is such a a a, a, a beautiful uh, human being um but being a native brother the way i connected with him almost you know 10 12 years ago over over in canada at calgary and you know he said to me if you ever need me i'm coming so 2018 he turned up and 19 he said I'm coming again. I said, well, I don't know, brother. We might be able to get Joe. He said, look, book my effort. I'm coming. So he came. And it was just it was just so lovely to have that energy in the one space and to be able to stand on that sacred land and feel the dirt in our feet, watch the sunrise, hear Gene playing the flute, hear Marundu playing the didgeridoo, you know, Yadaki, and I'm out there with my boomerang clapping away and singing. It was just... Oh, it gives me chills thinking about it. And plus, of course, my sister, you know, hearing your vocals um, echoing across that land was just extraordinary. So, you know, it was it was it was something we put together. It was a mixture of native, I guess, medicine from around the world that had this big concoction of, you know, uh, beautiful arts in, in, in the face of all this, I guess, hardship and all this, uh, uh, I guess, you know, atrocities we're facing around the world. These, the arts gave us a platform to speak our truth and to live and breathe as native people together. It was fun. It was so much fun. And I want to do it again. I really yeah, want to do it again. For sure. Well, I'm coming back for sure. And it was such a beautiful experience and so spiritual. And, and it was life-changing for me too. And and I remember going up, um, I made sure that I attended one of the, that 5 a.m. sunrise ceremony. And I went there, I went there with, with the, the group, the mob from New Zealand. Yes, and and uh, I remember when we were there, they started singing a song, and and their song made me cry, and 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 I I asked uh, Tippy what 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 was that song about? It it made me cry. He said that um, his one of his relatives passed away, and they were singing a song to you know for the the sunrise that was coming, and 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 the moon was out that time too. So it was just really. It was really powerful, and and all the the elements that happened, and and, and uh, you know, I, I I said a prayer for them too for for losing their loved one, but they showed up for the for the festival, and they and they they danced and they sang, and it was so so, so great to meet them too, and I I want to interview them as well on uh, on a future date, and and um, you know, I would love to hear one of their songs. I got to sing with them too. They sang. Um, how great thou art in, in Cree, and they sang how great thou art in, in their Maori language, and it was so beautiful. I was so happy I, I got to experience that. So, so I just want to read some of the the comments that are that are uh, the viewers tuning in. Janet says, "So amazing! You will get blessings." Aaron, Aaron from the United States says, "That's amazing." Uh, Facebook user says, "So beautiful and Prairie Bird." Leah says, "Thanks for sharing your wisdom and journey of strength. What words of hope can you give our young people looking for hope?" Uh, words of hope for our young people. Um, I can I can only probably give them the same advice or, or wisdom that's passed on to me is that the answers are within ourselves, you know, and and the answers to all of our our, our I guess um, problems in this sort of uh, physical world 
is back in our spirituality and our and our native uh, cultural practices. I find strength. I find direction when I'm 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 at my best is when I'm practicing my culture, when I'm dancing my dances, when I'm singing my songs, when I'm following the the foots of my ancestors. Last year, I went back and I slept in in caves on my native land back when my mother's house is uh, on the Wai Nyigata or Land Trust, which is like a big uh, parcel of land. It's like a, a reservation, but it's different. It was land rights that, that was given, well, what, that we fought for. It wasn't given to us. We fought for it back in the 70s, 60s and 70s. Same time, same time civil rights movement was going on, we were fighting for land rights. And my dad, my old tribal father, or Dungamaji, um, got our land rights. So last year, I was feeling a little bit... Um, I guess uh, after the 2010, all the all the hurt and disruption of 2020, and you know we couldn't pull the festival off anymore, and and, and we we're going down with that, and we got financially kind of, you know, um, went down with that. I went back to my spirituality, I went back to my culture, I went back to what what made me strong, which was, you know, going back and reconnecting with our old people. So I went home to a a, a really sacred site, a, a cave that has paintings and that has markings and carvings, and I went up there. And I slept in there with my son Bailey. Um, just me and him on our own, and we slept, and we felt the spirits. And we warmed ourselves around the fire, and believe it or not, it was a full moon. And on the edge of the cave, as the full moon was coming up, the moon's rays and the lunar rays were shining straight into that cave and lit it up. And now, like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it again. But nobody has slept in these caves over sixty to eighty years. You know, almost a hundred years, I think. So to be back in there again and feeling that, and I'm just going. This is what we really are. This is who we really are. You know, the technology, um, the television, games, phones, you know, more of the stuff here. Life isn't there. Life is out here. And, and to me, if there's any advice I can give to our young ones that are finding hardships and are going through, you know, alcohol, drug abuse or, you know, mental illness, find your strength within yourself, within your culture. You know, go back, jump in a sweat with your mob. Go back and dance powwows. If that's what you want to do, if, if that's going to give you the strength again, um, be be. it makes you proud of who you are. And it, and it gives you kind of the wisdom that you need to navigate this new world. I'm not saying I'm not saying drop all this new technology as a new world. What I'm saying is use it as a um, an advantage instead of a disadvantage. Because our mob, our people have been miseducated into thinking that our native ways are a disadvantage and that it is hedonism uh -oh. we shouldn't be practicing it so that's that's that i guess that's some of the advice i can give the young ones and i, I do that to my my own kids you know i i um i even made a film about it so when i made my film zach ceremony it's, it's specifically aimed at you know how we use our culture and our and our and our native ways and our ceremonies to empower us in this new world and try and marry it into the new western society so you know um if you get a chance to watch the film you can you can see it i think on um on the website uh zach ceremony and, and we're going to try and come over as soon as um uh as soon as covid lockdown international travel is is agreed zach and i and our family are planning on coming over and hopefully traveling through some of the reservations throughout canada doing screenings of the film We'll do talks. We'll do some, you know, probably some dance performances. And sister, would love to. I'd love to actually seriously have a talk to you about this because that's something. Uh, oh yes, for sure. That, that for I really sure. want to do. I have I have ideas already. 
Beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> so Erin Brown, oh, Prairie Bird Leah said she gave a heart and said thank you for sharing that information about the youth. And Erin Brown says definitely this past year I've been weeding through my emotional garden and re re reconnecting, healing, nature, etc. That's awesome. So I wanted to ask you about, you were, you were telling me about uh, you're going to be starting some podcasts. Can you tell us about that? So I've got two really exciting things happening. One is, um, and I, I got to make this clear. Unfortunately, we won't be doing the festival this year. I have been um, mainly because in 2020, COVID really financially, um, I guess, hit us big and, and, and knocked us. So we're, we're kind of restructuring what we're doing. Um, we're looking at possibly coming back in a year or two with a smaller, similar festival. Um, we'd have to change the name because Frontier Days, unfortunately, um, went went down with the ship and we had, to, we had to take the hit. But, you know, if it saves another life or if it change, changes another opinion, I'll do it all over again. You know, we, when we came out the other end, I said to Aim, Aim, I said to my wife, I said, if we go bankrupt, baby, we go bankrupt. But at least we, we, we're putting something back into our uh, communities and back into our, res you know, our reservations over here. And we're showing what is possible instead of what is impossible. You know, we can we can actually make this happen if we all work together. So we are working on something different in the future, but it, it'll become with the same spirit. And hopefully, in the next year or two, we'll get there. In the meantime, what I'm doing, sister, is I'm a filmmaker. You know, I, I spoke about a, a movie I just made about my son Zach, Zach, and about our family. So what I did was I filmed the entire festival for nearly three or four years, and I'm now currently producing it and turning it into a TV series. Kind of like um, the Fire Festival, if you've seen that that uh, TV show, or like the Line or the Tiger King or whatever his name is. But we got more crazier characters than ours. We we, we got like Marindu Yana and you know Wiley J Miller and <laughs> Mickey Free. You know we got we got some pretty crazy collective group that have come together. And 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 what I'm doing is I'm turning it into a into a TV series and a TV show to highlight the importance of native people sharing their stories, sharing their connection, sharing ceremony but most of all sharing their medicine to find a way to heal, to support each other in healing. Because one thing I found is, you know, when our native mob meet, when our Canadian and American, um, you know, our native mob from Turtle Island and our native mob from New Zealand and our, our Torres Island brothers and sisters, I must not forget, because a lot of our mob, when we meet and we talk about how similar we are in our culture, it's actually a lot of, it heals and it helps, it helps people find a better way forward. Um, so I really wanted to show the essence of that and why it was important to continue that. So in the TV series, I'm hoping to capture that on film. I'm hoping that it comes out and that our people get to see that. Plus, I can use it as a tool to promote what I want to do in the future. So if I come back with a new festival in 2022 or 2023, hopefully by then I'll find someone with a bit of dollars behind them, with a philanthropic, you know, or with a bit of money to actually back us and say, you know what, my native brother, for the next three years, I got you. Don't worry about the finances. We see what you're doing, and we want to be part of that healing journey. Because at the end of the day, the 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 essence of what we were doing out there was about medicine, healing, and finding a way forward together. Not 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 um, uh, I guess uh, you know uh, locking one group of people out and 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 just going ourselves. Even even our white brothers and sisters, the 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 perfect scenario for for uh, for the first was to bring our white brothers and sisters to sit there and to listen the brutal truth but then find a way to work together to find a better future for us all and, and, and stop the denial and stop the hurt from them as well. A lot of them are sick. 
because they're carrying transgenerational guilt from their forefathers and they're perpetrating the same abuse as their forefathers. So we need to heal them and help them find a better way forward with us as well. And I'm hoping that COVID demonstrates to them how hard it is when you're locked down in your own country. We've been shackled and in chains. We've been under COVID restrictions and lockdown for 240 years. So I always say to my white brothers and sisters, welcome to the party. Now you know how we feel. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. And you know what? You you brought up a really good point about our white brothers and sisters. Like they all they need to heal as well from from the answer from their ancestors ancestors what they did to our ancestors and 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 that's a really great point that you you brought up like i never thought of it that way before but but yeah in order for all of us to heal they they need to to heal as well from 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 what they did to to all of the indigenous people all over the world and um yeah that's a really really good point so thank you for bringing that up they probably need it, you know, a, a lot more than us, and they, they don't know this. Um, you know, and even you know, with Murundu, Murundu Yana, who's a really big, strong tribal staunch leader, you know, he's he's in the mold of a, you know, of, of a Russell Means or a, you know, Dennis Banks. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, I, I'd call him crazy horse or you know, like this is who Murundu Yana is, and for him to stand up, you know, on those tribal lands, and um, you know, I told this really, really um, in-depth story about how my. I think it was the last night I got my mother up to talk about when she was taken into what you would call residential schools. Over here, they call them dormitories. And they were basically turned into slaves. And when they'd get into trouble, they'd they'd shave their heads and dress them in potato bags or hessian bags and make them stand in the corner with their hands on their heads for 24 hours. And I said to mum, I said, so how would you walk? And I started walking. And mum said, no, no, my baby. We wouldn't walk like that. We'd walk like this because we had chains on our legs. And you could hear the crowd go, <gasps> and this is all white people going, oh, my God. And then I, I said I said this line that Marin Diana spoke and, and said on the opening night. I said, look down at your feet. Notice that you're not wearing chains tonight as you watch this performance. Because we do theater as well. And there was a theater performance with mom and them up there. I tricked them into it, but it was good. They had them old ladies up there. And I said, look down at your legs. Notice that you don't have chains on them. Because if we treat you the way your ancestors, your forefathers treated us, we would be no more better than they they were. So, you know, Marindu said that to me, and, and, and we, we have a lot of these discussions, and it's so true, you know, if we act in the brutal fashion as, as you know, the, the, the abusers or the perpetrators of that, that you know, I guess, um, invasion or colonialism acted when they treated our people that way, you know, we're no better than them. So we need to find a better way and find a, 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 a healing purpose and medicine to change the way we think. And we need to bring our white brothers and sisters along with us because, you know, in the four directions, and you know it for yourself, there's, you know, the white, the yellow, the red, and the black. And there's four seasons, and there's also, you know, uh, I, I, I guess um, four directions, and there's four colors of people in the world. So we need to make sure we bring them along and, and, and not leave them behind because we need to take care of them as well. That's right. Thank you for sharing that. It just gave me a new perspective of, of uh, thinking about our histories and how we all need to help heal together because we aren't in, we aren't in this alone. We're all in it together, right? And and how history played and and um, and now we are how we are today. And and we are we're we're still giving we're giving people and and we're forgiving people too. So that, that's really good um, points that you brought out. So thank, really, thank you so much for sharing. And, so, and you so also... I'm, I'm, 
I, I'm hoping to capture that on this TV series. So the TV series is going to be called The Last Frontier, and it'll feature the last four years of the festival. It'll feature Mickey Free. It'll feature Uncle Archie Roach. It'll feature the one and only Miss, you know, Rhonda Head from the Cree Nation performing out there. Well, it, it'll have some pretty cool performances, stories from, you know, why they came, how, how they came, um, and, but, but also, you know, an, an in-depth in look at the purpose and the direction of the festival in the future. And hopefully we'll get some, you know, we might get some brothers and sisters out there or, uh, you know, some uh, someone with a bit of money behind them to actually support what we do and what we put on uh, next. Um, I'm also working on the podcast. So I'll use I'll utilize the podcast as a platform as well. The podcast is going to be called Phoenix Rising, the Alec Dumaji Chronicles. So it'll be stories, you know, from uh, my my life journey so far and some funny ones. Uh, you know, some 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 pretty crazy ones like people I've met. I mean, how you and I met, you know, in the lobby at at, um, at uh, Montreal that year was to this day. I still tell people about, you know, you and I standing, I'm standing and we're talking. And there's this craziness going on everywhere. And here this crease just in front of me going, brother, I meant to meet you. We're going to I'm going to come and sing in your country. And I said, yes, you are. And I think I gave you a hug and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was so powerful. So, you know, I'm, I'm really that was so awesome. So before all this festival, um, before you started this festival, you said you went on a journey and in, in, on Turtle Island. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it was um, it was back in 2013. It might have been 13 or 12, or it might have been 13 as well. I had a I had a, a a really powerful, I guess, dream um, out on a out at a, a ceremony ground. We were doing doing ceremony proper, big tribal festival, uh, not festival, big proper tribal ceremony. And when I was there, I had this dream. And I dreamt about um, the, these women over in 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 America, and I dreamt about this old this old lady who was my mother. And I, my mother here is a is a really powerful old Aboriginal woman. You met mum, right? Uh, her name's Yalagunjimara through through her tongue, uh, but her name's her white man name is Noreen. And I said to mum, I said, mum, I think I gotta gotta go meet my other mother over over in America somewhere. She said, yeah, I I know that old lady. She's probably waiting for you. So I came on this. You know, it was crazy because I've never been, to, I never traveled before, never been to America before, didn't even have a passport. <laughs> so I, I, I said to my wife, I gotta go and do this. She said, and, and, and I got the passport within two weeks. I booked my trip. Um, and my wife, Amy, works in the music industry and she, she used to run a big country music festival called CMC Rocks. And on, on one of her uh, first tours, she toured Tim McGraw. And and Tim McGraw has his fiddle player, who's a, who's a who's a native brother called Dino Brown. And I was standing backstage one night waiting for Amy to come, and he walked past me. And he goes, "Hey, brother, are you native?" And I was like, "Yeah, brother." Straight away, we just connected. He's like, "Hey, my brother, good to see you." And we started chatting, you know, doing our native stuff. And and, we, and he said, "Gee, you remind me so much of my um of my Choctaw brother back in uh, back in Nashville called Charles Robinson. You know, if you ever come over there, make sure you check him out." So I contacted Charles and I said, brother, I'm coming over. I'd love to meet you. So I fly to Nashville and I land in Nashville. When I get there, Charles sends me this cryptic message, which seems all native mob do. Hey, brother, I'm out on the powwow trail. I'm not in Nashville at the moment. But if you really want to get welcome to Turtle Island, you must go see the Hopis first. And I was like, really? Well, nobody told me that. No one told me about this stuff. You know, <laughs> they told me first. So I'm in Nashville. And I decide I'm going to go to, and he said, you got to go to Arizona and go to the Hopis. I decide that I'm going to get a Greyhound bus. Now, again, never traveled before. First time over there, a Greyhound bus in America. Like, 
not as good <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> so I jumped, I jumped on this bus. I jumped on this bus. Uh-oh. Uh, hold on, Alec. Hold on. I, you you got to go back. You got to go back to when you jump on the bus because you were kind of cut out. Yeah. And the yeah, audience yeah. is like <laughs> hanging on your every word. <laughs> so, 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 so I jump on a bus in Nashville. And as I'm standing in line, behind me, there's these two Hamish or Hamish people, the one with the big beard, or I don't know what they are. So straight away, I thought, I'm in trouble here. This is not going to go down well. And I'm looking at them, and I was waiting for pitchforks to come out, you know. I get on the get on the Greyhound, get on the Greyhound bus. I'm thinking it's maybe a day trip. Two days later, I'm still on this bus somewhere in Texas. <laughs> you know, but I, I that day we travel all day, and I get to Dallas, Texas at three in the morning. Like it's like two or three in the morning, and I'm tired, and I jump off and I want to get coffee, and I'm standing in line waiting for coffee. You know, there's a heap of white people, you know, and, and if you don't know about the Greyhound buses over in America, you know. It's kind of like, I guess, you know, if you're on a budget, let's just say, you know, broke fellas, poor people travel on there. So it's probably not the best form of transport in the United States of America. So at two in the morning, I'm standing up at the, the bus depot or the bus depot, what do you want to call it, um, at Dallas, Texas. And I'm in this line with my coffee. And over the corner, there's like a group, you know, 10 people call them Mexicans. I just call them native from Turtle Island, native people, right? They're in the corner and they're looking at me and, and I think they can see my brown skin and they can see that I'm waiting to buy coffee. And one of them come over to me and goes, hey, you speak Espanol? And he starts speaking Spanish to me. And I'm looking at him and going, nah, brother. I'm the nah, brother. And he walks back to the group <laughs> and he comes back again. Hey, bro, you speak Espanol? I'm like, brother, I'm Aboriginal from Australia. And I started speaking in my tongue. And he went, oh. and he looked back over the phone and he goes, hey. <laughs> It's one of ours. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it gave me this big hug and he goes, brother, you Aboriginal? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, here, come come and, come and sit with us in the corner. So so I, I buy some food and I go over and, and he hugged me. He goes, hey, brother, be careful. Them white people on the bus, they're crazy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so these 10 random Mexican brothers at the depot looks after me until the next bus arrives and I sit there and laugh with them. I buy them coffee and a bit of food and we just have the biggest talk, you know, and they're speaking, you know, good English, but but um, they thought I was, they thought I was, um, you know, uh, I could speak Spanish or, or Mexican or whatever the hell they wanted to speak. The next, <laughs> the, next, the next day I take off on the bus about four or five in the morning to Arizona. We go through uh, Albuquerque, and there's no one sitting beside me, so I've, I've got this spare seat. And I'm happy. I'm going. I got this. I can lay and sleep. And this guy walks past. And he looks at the seat, and then he keeps going, and then he comes back, and, I, and he goes, "Anyone sitting there?" I was like, "You know, you're right, brother. Sit down." So he jumps down. And he doesn't speak to me. He sits there, and he's quiet. And I'm on my phone. I'm you know taking photos. I'm trying to mind my own business. And he looked maybe, but I didn't want to say anything. We get to Laguna. He jumps off for a cigarette. He gets back on. We're on, on our way to Winslow, and I hear him on the phone with his mother. Yeah, Mom, I'm coming now. I'm going to be in Winslow soon. I'll be home for the dances. You know, I'll be, I'll be there for the dances to help. I'll be at the plaza. And I look at him, and I go, are you going? And I just thought, I'll take a chance. I said, are you going to the Kachina dances, brother? And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, well, I was told to come and see the Hopis and, you know, sit with them for the Kachina dances to show my respect. 
And he goes, because he looked at me, and so I pulled out a photo of myself and my mom. And I go, I'm native, I'm Aboriginal from Australia. Then my mother looked and he goes, she's black. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and he goes, my name's Jojo. So that's how Joseph Stacy and I know. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, 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 so this is Jojo. So we, get, and we start laughing and hugging and he goes, it's so honored, it's such an honor to meet you, brother. So we then get to Winslow and his mother picks him up. They get me off the bus and say, look, here's our name. This is our family. If you can get out there in time, you come find us at the plaza. So I go to uh, Flagstaff. I stay there the next day, have a sleep. I, I hire a car and I drive back to Kimitsmovi, I think it's called, Kimitsmovi, to the maces out there. And, and here they are. And I get, to the, I get to the plaza. I get on top of the, on top of the um, uh, roof there. And, and all of a sudden, Joey taps me on the shoulder. He goes, you've got to come down here and sit in the middle. The Kachinas are waiting to welcome you and bless you in, on our land. And I was just like, and straight away I could feel the spirits. I said, I know I'm on this journey for a reason. I'm over here on walkabout, you know, my, my spiritual walkabout to connect me with, you know, this, this mother of mine in this country, but I got to be over there. So Joey and his mother, she accepts me as her son. The Kachinas give me a bowl that they've made and they give me some um, uh, corn because they're dancing for rain to grow, the, you know, to, to grow and stuff. And it was just such a powerful thing to sort of be a part of. And then, then I'm invited back to Joey's mum's um, place for dinner where they, they cook this amazing stew, like it's a corn corned beef or something stew that takes a, you know, a full day or whatever. And you have to sit in line and wait your turn. You know? So I'm sitting there waiting. And Joey said, well, when, in a minute when someone leaves the table and you can come up. So there's all this process and protocols you have to go through. So I went through that with them. And, and I, I sit up beside one of the old uncles. You know, He's probably in his 70s or whatever. And he goes, so you're Aboriginal, huh? And I said, yeah, uncle. He goes, are they all like you down there? <laughs> and I said, oh, no, no. Some of them are a little more, little bit more burnt black than me, and he just started laughing. He was like, "Oh, so, so it kind of broke the ice on why I was there." It was just such a beautiful, um, beautiful connection to have. Then I get this cryptic message again from the one Charles Robinson that says to me, "You must go and be at uh, Rosebud Reservation, South Dakota, by the twenty-sixth, I think, of June, which is which was the you know, be there by the twenty-sixth of June, which I think." is the anniversary of um, the defeat of Custer at the Little Bighorn. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really important. He said, you must search for a man called Andy Redbird. And I went, oh, my God, I got the red feather, the red bird. That's my totem. Perfect. The Redbird family must be my family. So i got to find them. So i got to find this Andy Redbird. So I, I say my goodbyes to Jojo. I said, brother, i got to go. i got to go on this journey. I've been called to go and find you know, this family. And Andy Redbird is the only one that could find this family. So I, got, I drive back to Flagstaff. I jump on a plane from Flagstaff to Phoenix, Arizona. I get on a jet from Phoenix to, uh, no, no, yeah, jet to Rapids. No, no, a jet to Denver and then a, a smaller plane from Denver to Rapid City. I get to Rapid City. I go to hire a vehicle and the lady goes, there's no cars. We got, we've got no, you know, there's no, there's only one car left. And I was like, okay, well, I'll take that. And she goes, but it's a Fiat. And I was like, what, what's a Fiat? I've never heard of a Fiat before. I walk outside, and the Fiat is about that big. You know the little Macbox <laughs> car? Like it's – so I jump in, and I'm, I'm sitting like this. <laughs> and I'm driving down towards, you know, past the Black Hills, down towards, you know, 
Ogallala Village and, you know, the Great Pine Ridge and, you know, the home of, you know, Red Cloud and Crazy Horse and Sitting Bull and like, all this Lakota power. And I'm in this little fear crying. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is amazing. And I'm, I'm going to see my red, my red power. This is, this is powerful. You know, and I'm cruising and, and, and it's just, it's just how I just had the spiritual awakening. I can see the Black Hills, you know, to my right. And I come to the turn off to go into Ogallala Village. And I'm like, here it is. It's on. I'm going to go and do this. I drive through Ogallala Village. And I come into this big procession of native mob marching in the middle of the road, like on the, on the road. I'm like, oh, okay. So I pull off the road in my little Fiat. I'm standing there watching them. And in my head, I'm going, today is the day they defeated Custer. So they're all celebrating Custer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to someone and ask someone. And I walk up to this you know, young brother. He was a really you know, big brother that looked like he worked in the media. And I said, what's going on? Are you, are you celebrating the defeat of Custer today? Because I want to walk and march with you, mob. You know, I'm proud to be native. And he looked at me and goes, no, no, that's not why we're here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. He said, nah, today is the day the FBI attacked Leonard Peltier just down the road here. So we're marching in honor of Uncle Leonard Peltier and Bob Robidoux and what happened back in 1975. He said, uh, just up there is the, the cemetery. And, and that blew me away. I was like, what? What, what happened? Because I, I didn't, I sort of heard of the, you know, what happened in 70, but I didn't know of Uncle Leonard and what took place and all that. So I said, well, can I? Can I, you know, honor my people and walk with you? So I did. I, I jumped in and I drove my little Fiat down to where the Sundance grounds were, where the attack happened in 1975. And I, I sat there and it had a lot of, let's just say, really, really big Lakota warriors from the Warrior Society in leather jackets that rode Harleys. So, you know, just this stranger turning up on the res and when you sit with them kind of didn't go down well. <laughs> and they were all asking <laughs> questions. Who's this fellow? What is he doing here? What's going on here? And um, un unknown to me, uh, Auntie Dorothy Peltier was there as well. And I kid you not, this is what happened. The guy that was leading it, who was the president of the Warrior Society, I believe, there, um, was on the phone with Leonard Peltier from the jail, from prison in, you know, prison in, in Florida. And Leonard says, there's a young man amongst you that's traveled across the ocean from a long way. He came to me in my dreams. He's our family. Look after him while he's there. Make sure you feed him. And it, I, I'm sitting there going, this is not real. This is, cannot be real. Artie, Artie Dor Dorothy comes over to me and she hugs me and she starts crying. She goes, you've come here for a reason, my nephew, and, and you're welcome here. We'll feed you and look after you. And it was just such a powerful thing to happen. And that was, that was you know, I guess... Um, uh, the second woman that I met, and I said, uh, and I felt, is this my mother? And no, nah, this is not my mother, but but she's an auntie. So they they fed me, and um, one of the sisters there said, look, we're holding a woman's um, uh, protest site up at White Clay, which is just outside of Pine um, uh, uh, Pine Ridge. Would you come and do some social media with us there? I said, I'd be honoured to do that. So I drove her up in my little Fiat, talking with her all the way to Pine um, uh, Pine Ridge uh, Res and uh, to the town there. And we went down to White Clay, and I stood there with some of these young warriors. We took photos, and I, and I sent the message back to Australia that our people are suffering over there as well as our mob back here. I then said my goodbyes. I said, look, i got to find um, Andy Redbird because Andy Redbird, you know, that's my family, and they're going to they're gonna show me where my mother is. And everyone's like, yeah, no, nah, there's no Andy Redbird here at Pine Ridge. I think you got to go Rosebud, Rosebud Res. 
So I'm driving up toward Road, Rosebud, and I get to the turnoff for um, Wounded Knee, and I park my, my Fiat, and I'm trying to look on the map, the map that I bought at Pine Ridge, and the map didn't have Rosebud on there. Then I hear this knock on the window. I go, tick, 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 tick. And this big native policeman goes, wind your window down. So I and he goes, hey, bro, what you doing on the res? And I said, oh, I'm looking for my family, uh, Rosebud res. And he goes, you're not from around here, are you? And I said, nah, brother, why? Well, how do you know that? He goes, well, you're driving a Fiat. No one drives a Fiat on the <laughs> res, bro. <laughs> he goes, look at the size of your car. He was trying to jump out of the car. Get out of the car. So I get out, and he, he grabs my map off me, and he goes, so you're looking for Rosebud? And he, he starts drawing off my map. He goes, Rosebud's up here. you got to go past Martin. you got to get there. And he goes, when you get there, go to the go to the police station. Go to the native police and tell them, here's my name and number. Tell them I sent you, and you're looking for this Andy Redbird. He said, but please don't go driving everywhere else because you, you kind of stand out in your car. <laughs> I was like, okay, bro, I'll stick with that. So I'm flying up to Rosebud. I drive into the to the cop shop there, and beside the police station is a community hall. I jump out, and I, there's this big meeting going on, and they're having meetings about the, I think, Sundance that are coming up, and, you know, all the ceremonies and, you know, the fair, the Rosebud fair. So I walk in, and everyone in the meeting just stops and looks at the door, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, I, like no one, no one even acknowledges me, but they look at me. So I'm like, um, I'm trying to find Andy Redbird. Is there an Andy Redbird here? <laughs> Everyone starts talking in Lakota and talking to each other. They're not, they're not talking English to me. And one lady jumps up, grabs me, and walks outside, and she goes, "You must go and see Mary Sue. The people you seek are with Mary Sue." She doesn't even tell me. Doesn't even tell me, right? Doesn't even tell me who it is. What she just said, you better go see Mary Sue. Her name was Mona. Remember that because I'll come back to Mo Al Mona. Her name is. Um, and she goes, this lady here will take you and show you where you need to go. I said, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know where. I'm in. I'm in my little Fiat. I'm, and they're all laughing at me. By the way, they're all laughing. Everyone in this tribal council of what's going on are laughing at my car. The kids are over there taking photos, going, "Oh my god, so cute! What a cute little car." <laughs> When I think back about it, when I think back about it now, I reckon the spirits and the ancestors made sure I got that little funny clown car so that I didn't look like I'm a threat. Because you know, if I'd have came on there in a, in, a, in, a, in a Silverado or a nicely flashed car, I'd probably look like the FBI or I would, I would have been a threat. So, it's so funny because Aaron Brown said they're like little tiny clown cars. <laughs> they are. They're, they're about this big. Like, I'm kicking off. It's the funniest thing. So I, so this lady, she goes, I'll take you out and show you where Mary Sue is. So we drive back through Rosebud um, a Village, and we go up through St. Francis. Now, I didn't know all these places back then. I was just new. I was fresh. So I'm falling, and she's in a black um, a Jeep, Jeep Cherokee. And she's got about three kids in the back seat that are looking at me the whole way. And I'm thinking, I hope I'm not going to be supper tonight or dinner for these mob. They drive me up. And they get the, the blacktop ends, so no more sealed road. And they get to this dirt track. And she looks at me and she goes, you follow that track there until you get to the end? The people you seek are there. Mary Sue will be waiting for you. And I'm going, well, this is it. Either at the end of that track is a bunch of crazy native warriors waiting to stew me up so these mob can have a dinner tonight. 
<laughs> or there's gonna be a, <laughs> or there's gonna be a spiritual awakening awakening for me over here. And I, I'd start driving my Fiat on this little dirt track, and I look back and see that I can see her in the mirror with her kids watching me. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if they're saying, "Look at this crazy Aboriginal going off into the distance." You know, I I finally get to a place called Old Spring Creek. I walk up the back steps, I tap on the back door, and I say, "I'm here looking for Mary Sue." A lady answers. Her name's Johanna, and she goes, "Hang on," and she goes, "Mary Sue, there's somebody for you." Mary Sue opens the door, and I kid you not, she's about you know mid seventies or something like that, maybe late you know early seventies, and she looks at me and she smiles. She goes. Hello, my son. I've been waiting for you. And she just comes out and hugs me. And she goes, I'm your mommy. I'm your mother over here. Come with me down to the Sundance ground. The medicine men are waiting for you. You're going to do a sweat tonight because you need to sweat properly here. And that blew me away. It was just such a powerful spiritual awakening for me. I went down there and the Sundance grounds were all set up ready for their, for their Sundance ceremony. The medicine man was waiting for me to get into this um, sweat lodge with them. And there's about four big, like, really tall Lakota warriors. Like, these were like, you know, these boys didn't play. And they were well-fed, too. Let me just say, they weren't hungry. And, <laughs> and, and I walked up to them, and, you know, they, they, all didn't, they all didn't greet me. They just looked at me, like, went into the sweat. And I'm sitting in there, and everyone's going around. And, you know, they, get, they finally get to me and ask me what I'm, you know, and I tell them what I'm there for and all the rest of it. And then the medicine man gives us a message later. And the same thing he said. He said the same thing that, you know, um, Uncle Leonard Peltier said was, this young man's come a long way. He's here for a purpose. We've already been speaking to his ancestors and the old people in the spirit world. It's our duty to look after him, take care of him. And they embraced me. I come out and I sat around the campfire with them. They all hugged me and cried and said it was so good to see me. And I, I became brothers with them. You know, there was, I think, Dave Espinosa and Big Frank was there as well. Um, my brother, you know, um, uh, Parker Bone Shirt, um, and it turned out that the uh, I didn't know this at the time, but the medicine man was a man called Stanley, um, and I'll tell you about him later. So I finally go up, and Mum Mary Sue comes and gets me. Um, she pretty much, you know, oh, she said, "Oh, my son's going to come back to the, uh, back to the house with me." Put me to sleep, gave me food. I stayed there for three days, and every day I'll have I'll I'll, I'll get up and I'll have coffee with her while she's listening to her country music. And having a cowboy coffee and a cigarette looking through the window. And I keep asking her, hey, mom, you know who Andy Redbird is? Because I was supposed to meet Andy Redbird here. I'm looking for this man called Andy Redbird. And she goes, oh, yeah, I don't know. You know, Three days later, there's a little black car that turns up. And I'm standing up front of her. And she goes, actually, I'm sitting at this window with her. And she goes, oh, there comes Andy now. And I was like, Andy who? She goes, Andy Redbird. I'm so what? You know him? She goes, yeah, he's my little brother. I'm Mary Sue Redberg. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, so I'm home then. And I just threw me away. I walked out and Uncle Andy's there and he goes, hello, my nephew. Then the medicine man walks up. His name is Stanley Redberg. And they said, we're your family. This is your mum. It's part of your home. And mum explains to me that, you know, in the spirit world, she births me over in America on Turtle Island. And, and that, you know, I'll always have a home there. And that was my, that was a really powerful moment for me, which, which really awoken me um, and, and sent me on my journey up to your country. Actually, I, I went from there up to Canada, where I, I eventually met um, Gene Braverock at the Calgary Stampede. And he and I had. Oh, I'll have to get him to. Had that same powerful connection, but really gave me. 
yeah, it it, it kind of it, it kind of gave me the um uh, I, I guess you know the strength and the the the, the uh, comfortability and the confidence to know that you know in the spirit world our old people lead us and and it's it's powerful and it's meaningful when we when we believe. I'll give him a few minutes to come back. Then we lost connection. Well, hang on, hang on. We're, we're still there. Here we go. Hello. Okay, we were at uh, when you met um, Jane Braverock. Yes. So, so I, I then. I can't um, see your face though. It's, it's dark. It's a black screen. Hang on. What's happening? I might need to reconnect it. What's that? Can you hear me? We can hear you. Yep. Why oh, they have to keep ringing me? Can they leave me alone? <laughs> okay, now I can see you. Yeah. Can you see me now? Can see you. Yeah. So, so yeah. So after after my meeting with Mum Mary Sue uh, Charles Robinson, who you remember originally gave me the message to leave Ca uh, Nashville, text me and go, "Hey, brother, we're at a powwow at Ali um, up near Mon uh, Missoula, Missoula, uh, Montana. in Montana." He said, uh, "We've been waiting here for you to come and join us." So again, I I I stupidly go and jump on a Greyhound bus from Rapid City. <laughs> I end up in Billings, Montana, you know, cowboy country. Let's just say that um, they don't take kindly to natives over there. Um, <laughs> and I, I stayed the night in, in Billings, Montana, because my bus, I had to get another bus in the morning. So I, I walk across the road to the Clock Tower Hotel and spend the night there. And then I, I get another bus the next day with what I can only assume is uh, a bus driver, a white guy, that had a really bad heart condition. <laughs> it was the scariest trip I've ever had. <laughs> the whole way, he's, he's driving and, he, and this this and he's sweating and he, and he's a big guy. And, he, and I'm like, you're right, brother. And I'm sitting right out the front. I'm thinking, I'm in my back of my mind. I'm going, the minute he has a heart attack, I'm jumping through this window. I'm out of here. I'm I'm gone. <laughs> uh, but we 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 finally make it to Missoula, Montana. Um, Charles Robinson and his wife Susan Robinson picked me up. Uh, it's finally great to finally meet this this family. You know, um, Susan is of Blackfoot um, heritage. She's a Blackfoot lady from Standoff in uh, Alberta. And her father was a famous powwow dancer from St. Francis uh, uh, at um, Rosebud Res. So her dad was a guy called, I think, I think um, Tyrone Head, I think his name was. And he was from the Lakota mob. So his father, her father's Lakota and her mother's Blackfoot from... Um, uh, the, the Bull Shields family up at um, Standoff in Alberta. So we go back to the Ali powwow. It's it's amazing. They they introduced me to the, at the powwow place. Um, you know, there's some pretty. Uh, I, I get to meet a lot of uh, amazing people there. Um, I think I think they call the the Flathead Nation, the, the Flathead people. Um, you know, I get to I get to experience a powwow for the first time. I dance with them. I get up and I sing on my boomerangs. And I, I think they were kind of taken that. Uh, an Aboriginal man had had you know skin color almost like them, and I had to explain to them that you know mother, my mum's a, 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 I guess a full blood Aboriginal native, and and I was a half caste, um, you know, or, or a half blood, or whatever you want to call it. And, and they were just beautiful. They looked after me. In fact, in fact, the uh, that's the first time I got to hear a, a powwow MC or announcer. Oh, get your fry bread down here. Oh, get your fry bread over here. Hey, you know, grand entries at one. 
Meanwhile, at two o'clock, well, grand entries now at two. <laughs> it was a, and, and and I stayed up late with Susan playing the stick games or whatever. I think it's a, the trick games they have at night. So, so 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 I got to experience that and to see you know the fun in when native people came together and seeing the stick games and seeing you know uh, I guess a lot of the um, beauty and a positive sort of uh, gathering of when our people come together and what can come from that. Um, yeah, so I, I went from there and spent the 4th of July with them at Browning Reservation with some friends. Uh, first time I seen rockets being blown up and all that sort of thing. So that was crazy. And we ended up going out through Canada, uh, through Cardston, and going to meet all her family in, in Standoff, the Bull Shields family, Uncle Newton, and a few of them there. And one of the aunties there at Standoff, um, God bless her. So, you know, the, the great uh, spirit, the creator, bless her soul, which she's passed on now. But she she made me my first ever um, uh, moccasins, my, my mocks. So, um, and and they're the only ones I ever had. So, one of Susan's aunties made these amazing moccasins, which I love, and you know I, I wore them at a Sundance uh, ceremony a couple of years back. Um, but from there, we went up to the Calgary Stampede because Susan and Charles are both powwow dancers, and they danced at the Calgary Stampede. And through them, I met this. Big, tall, stunning, amazing-looking man called Gene Braverock, and and Gene and I, his energy and I, like my energy and his, just kind of went. We just drew to each other, and we just hit it off from the moment we talked. You just, I just said, brother, you know, I'm over on my on my walkabout, and it, it was just something. There was something between us that we just knew we were brothers. You know, we're the same age, we're born the same year, we laughed, we you know, we connected in a really powerful way, and I said, you know. I'm working on some stuff down home. I'd love to have you come down one day. And he said, here's my number. Here's my contact. Stay in touch. If you ever need me, I'm there. And it was crazy because, you know, Gene went on to star in Wonder Woman and, 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 and speak the Blackfoot tongue in a Hollywood blockbuster for the first time. So he became this big Hollywood star between then and, and now. And I thought, oh, he'll never want to come over and hang out with us Aboriginals out in the bush, you know, out in the outback doing silly stuff and, you know, I thought he'd never want to do that. But no, the minute I contacted him, he said, brother, I'm coming. I'm there. I'll see you soon. And he did it. And he did it twice. He came over in 18 and he came back in 19. You know, so it said a lot about him and his passion for his people. And, you know, that really, really inspired me to, you know, I guess, keep doing what I'm doing. But that was my crazy walkabout yeah, story. Yeah, what a great story. Thank you for sharing it. <laughs> I'm sure that the viewers tuning in loved it. <laughs> It was, I remember when you shared that with me, I'm like, wow, what an awesome story. So I'm glad you you shared that with us this evening. And and Gene Brayrock, meeting him, it was so awesome to meet him. And he's so down to earth. And he has a lot of, a lot of knowledge to share, too. And, and uh, um, I'm hoping to interview him, too, at, at some point. Uh, we did connect, but uh, he's, he's really busy working in Hollywood with it, with his movie. So it's, it's a scheduling we're working at. So hopefully I'll, I'll get him on soon. And, and it's come, it's a, uh, it's um, coming to the time where we have to end the show. But I want to thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing the stories about at the festival you start, you started the journey you, you, you went on and, and how beautifully everything went and, and the, the spirituality that, that you, that you um, went through every to every town that you 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 uh, all your experiences that that you went through and all the people that you met and you know how you met Jojo and I'm so glad I got to meet him too and 
he's so knowledgeable about his uh, Hopi culture, and, and I'm really was really really happy I, I got to meet him, and and uh, I, uh, I know I shared my my experience my journey on Facebook when I was in Australia, and I had so many followers, people watching what I was doing, and and uh, for sure I want to go back when when um, that stage words away all the evil spirits from the world and and uh, and and heals and and keeps everyone safe and i want to thank all the two, uh viewers tuning in and and i'm so glad like i said i'm so happy that that uh, we we got to connect tonight i know there were some uh, technical issues but we we worked through it and, and um i'm so happy that that uh you're my guest number 79 it was perfect do you want to say some parting words? I just want to say, my sister, it's, it's an honor to always sit in your company and, and to feel your spirit. And, and you're someone that I, I, I truly admire and, and, and love deeply as my sister. And I'll always support whatever you're doing over there with your people and whatever we're doing over here. From my heart, I think I always carry myself. There's, you, you, you sometimes think with your head or you lead with your heart. You know, everything I've ever done in my life, I've, I've let my heart lead the way and, I, and I've let my head fix up whatever happens later. But, you know, in the spirit world, in, the, in this world, you know, we have to use our heart. We have to be open to change. We have to be open to differences. You know, even if it hurts sometimes, that's a part of living. You know, life, the secret of life is to live it. So when I was over there working on Turtle Island, I just wanted to uh, walk in a way where people saw my heart and my intentions from my heart. And for me, that's that's what was seen. And that's why I got treated the way I got treated. And that's why... I, you know, I got, I got, um, I guess, connected with people I did. So same with you, my sister. I, I, I live in my heart and we found each other. And I'm so honored to be here with you. And I'm, I'm honored for what and excited about the next step in our journey. And, you know, stay in contact because remember these feathers. We've got the Blue Feather Festival. Oh, yes. Um, yes. You know, we've we got to sure. support our brother Gary Bailey. What's he doing down there? But I just want you to know that. We will be back with the festival in a bigger, more brighter, and more meaningful way with, with more positive stuff to go. And I'd like to talk to you about, you know, um, the, the, the uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women as well and how we can work together on bringing something meaningful for our people. But much love and respect. And I'll just say, Mardaganyi. Mardaganyi means not... Yeah, not much not, love and respect goodbye. to us. I will see you again and, uh, soon. Mardaganyi. Yes. Mardaganyi. So I just want to tell everyone, stay safe, stay stay healthy, sanitize, wear your mask, social dis uh, keep your distance, social distance uh, six feet apart. And uh, uh, the sh uh, show tomorrow is the beautiful Alexa Dawson. So thank you again for tuning in this evening. Tune in again next time when Rhonda interviews another up-and-coming Indigenous superstar only on Indigenous Superstar.